<laughs> Pot of gold. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, podcast listeners of all ages. Welcome to another exciting episode of Ramble by the River. I'm your host, Jeff Nesbitt, and we've got a great show for you today. It is Friday, April 15th, the year of our Lord, 2022, and it's Good Friday. I'd say maybe even the best Friday, because this is the Friday that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, died for our sins. Oh, yes. Good Friday. That was the day that they stuck him up on that cross, poked him in the side with a spear, spit on him, yelled at him, said he couldn't read good, did all kinds of mean stuff to him. He died up there. And, he, and you know, legend has it that he could have come down at any time he wanted because he was an all-powerful being. And as much as I am a skeptic when it comes to, like, magic and those kind of mysteries I believe that stuff I, I just I just do but it is a little it is a little bit confusing anyway yeah Easter's cool it's neat for the kids they get to hunt the eggs you know get all that candy you wake up Easter morning you find something cool that wasn't there before you got a basket with a bunch of green frizzy grassy fake shit in it and candy it's cool oh yeah I especially like those uh robin eggs it's like a whopper but it's shaped like an egg and it's colorful. And those are really only available around Easter. So happy Easter. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you get out there and hunt some eggs with your kids if you have any. And if you don't have any kids, probably don't do that because that would be weird. Anyway, happy Easter. He has risen. Let's party. In case you missed last week's show, that was part one of a two-part episode featuring our guest, Chris Hill. Chris is a local coach. He was my coach for a long time, and he was my wife's coach. He's been my kid's coach. He's been everybody's coach, and he's a good guy. He's a good coach, and he's a good man. The first episode, the first half of the episode was great. I really enjoyed doing it. I really like talking to Chris. He's cool. He's got an interesting perspective on stuff, and he's had some pretty unique experiences. If you missed part one, go ahead and check that out on ramblebytheriver.com. That's where you can always find our most recent episodes. I Actually, I've just been posting every new episode there now, so you can find all of the new episodes there and old ones as well. A couple thoughts I had while listening to the, the first half of this episode and while editing the second half. We talk a lot about being a dad, being a coach, being a good husband, a good role model. We really discussed what it means to be a good man. And I think that really gets left behind in a lot of discussions today. Our society these days is very caught up in, how do I say this? I mean, they're caught up in toxic masculinity culture and a resistance to that, I should say, the anti-toxic masculinity culture, which obviously toxic masculinity is real and it's awful and there's no room for it in our society. But you don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. We still need powerful leaders that are men to lead alongside our powerful female leaders. We still need strong men in this world. I, I worry that sometimes we're starting to forget what it means 
to be a man and what it means to be masculine without being toxic because they are not the same thing. There are quite a few things that Chris says during these two episodes that really kind of shine a light on his philosophy when it comes to parenting and coaching and relationships. Another thing that got me thinking during this episode was it just really made me appreciate the relationships that I have in my life. I talk sometimes about how I don't have all that many close relationships and I'm kind of a loner and all that stuff. And it is true, but growing up in this community, the Long Beach Peninsula and surrounding towns, it has really just kind of become a part of who I am. A lot of the people who I see on a regular basis are people who have been around this same area as long as I have, which is going on 34 years, you know, with the exception of moving away to go to college. That's a long time to be in a place. That's a long time to build relationships with people, intricate relationships that change and adapt and grow over the years and become layered and complex. That's a really beautiful thing. Talking with Chris about some of our stories from high school, and like when he was my football coach and bringing up his perspective of how he saw me and my friends and that kind of thing. We talked about that a little bit in the first episode and it's also some in this one. I found that really interesting because it just made me really appreciate the men I have in my life and also the women, but we talked mostly about my guy friends in this one. People like Colton Chalker, Jeff Hilton, CJ Hawkinson, Alex Mack. These guys have been with me my whole life. Whether we lived in the same town the entire time or not, which we didn't, is kind of irrelevant. I've carried these guys with me. They're my crew. You know, I love them. In fact, this weekend, Colton Chalker married Hannah Bolden. Congratulations to the happy couple. They got married on April 9th at Chinook School. And it was a beautiful ceremony, a beautiful reception, filled with beautiful people. And it was a beautiful time. I was in the wedding. I was the second best man. Maybe third best. I don't know. Depends on how you want to measure it. But I was a part of the wedding, and it was great. My wife, Melissa, was also part of the wedding party over on the, the bride side. And it was really cool because I'm good friends with the bride and the groom. I had independent relationships with both of them for a very long time, since I was a kid. And never really together. Those two friendships didn't really overlap all that often. And it was cool to see them fall in love. They kind of got together through the podcast. And I, I kind of included that in my, uh, in my wedding toast. I talked about that a little bit. Which, man, wedding toasts are difficult. Because everybody's drinking. It's loud in there. You know, I wanted to do something funny and kind of get... You know, get that crowd roaring. It didn't really go off like that. It was fine, but I didn't I didn't leave feeling like I killed, you know? I wanted to kill, and I didn't kill. But it's hard. It was, you know, a lot of ruckus going on in the room at the time, and I just didn't feel like I had everybody's full attention, so I really couldn't rock that mic to the best of my ability. But performing is hard, whether you're giving a speech or trying to tell jokes or you're doing a dramatic reading or whatever, performing in front of a group of live people is very difficult no matter what. It's, yeah, I like it though. I kind of, I, I like that rush. The adrenaline's good. 
And I really don't mind it if it's a captive audience and I'm prepared. That's a good feeling, actually. When I'm prepared and I've got a captive audience, I like that feeling. If I'm unprepared and I have to just scramble, that's torture. Or if I am prepared, but the audience isn't listening, another form of torture. You know, it's, it takes very specific circumstances to feel comfortable up there. And it's, it's tricky. I got sidetracked talking about public speaking. I don't know why I did that, but I, I'm going to move on from that. <clears throat> I feel like we've covered public speaking good enough. While we're on the subject of Colton Chalker and Chris Hill, I'm going to give my Patreon shout outs to Colton Chalker and Chris Hill, our two newest members of our Royal Ramblers on the Patreon group. Thank you, Colton. Thank you, Chris. I really appreciate you guys signing up. Enjoy those exclusive bonus episodes and your free t-shirt. If you haven't already figured out by what I just said, I'd like to inform you that Ramble by the River is supported by our listeners. So if you're listening to this episode for free right now on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else you can find podcasts, I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon Music and Google Podcasts and Podchaser and TuneIn and Pretty much everywhere you can get podcasts, you can get Ramble by the River. And if you're doing that right now for free, you have the Patreon members to thank for that. The members of the Patreon group pay a small subscription fee, and in return, they get early access to every free episode, bonus episodes, behind-the-scenes footage, and a free t-shirt. So if you're interested in supporting this show, and you want to become a part of a community of like-minded individuals, Head on over to RambleByTheRiver.com, click the subscribe link at the top of the page, and follow the instructions to select a subscription tier. Thank you so much for supporting the show, and I really hope you enjoy it. It has been a few weeks now since we've done one of these, but you probably remember our segment called Better Know a Bias. Better Know a Bias was just a little segment that I wanted to go through this list of cognitive biases and try to explain them and just kind of help people to understand what the pitfalls are when it comes to making sense of our own thoughts and feelings and how we decide what we believe. Because it's really easy to trick yourself. We're doing it all the time. I feel like if people know their biases or at least know what biases are possible, it'll be you know easier for everybody to make sense of this world and get along a little bit better. I got the idea because Elon Musk posted a list of 50 cognitive biases and said everybody should learn these. And I agreed. I remember learning about them in college and thinking like, this is really useful information. I'm glad I have this. So I wanted to share it. Uh, My ADHD brain lost interest after like three or four weeks of doing that. I was going to do one a week for 50 episodes and like spend the whole year researching biases. And I just don't want to do that anymore. I changed my mind. So I haven't done one for a couple weeks. And the only reason I even bring that up, I probably would have just let you forget about it. But I want to talk about Elon Musk some more because he's a mover and a shaker and he's been doing some moving and some shaking. Tesla CEO Elon Musk won't join Twitter's board after all, reported by the Associated Press yesterday. So let me give you a little backstory. Our guy Elon decided he likes Twitter, which we know already. 
but he likes it enough to where he thinks he'd like to be in charge of Twitter or at least own a considerable chunk. So starting around March 24th, Elon decided, I'm going to buy a few shares of this stock. And he bought 5% of the company, which is a lot of money, a lot of shares. Twitter is a large company. He continued to acquire shares after that date leading up to April 4th when he finally announced that he had acquired nearly 10% of ownership in the company and that he would be joining their board of directors. U.S. securities law requires investors to disclose within 10 days when they have acquired 5% of a company, which in Elon Musk's case would have been within 10 days of March 24th. Some people really liked the news and they bought a bunch of Twitter stock. Other people really didn't like the news because they're like, hey, I already own some Twitter stock and it seems like you're doing some shisty stuff, Elon. Because apparently, if you own 5% or more of a publicly traded company, then you are required by the SEC, the Securities and Exchange Commission, to declare it. And the reason for that is because of insider trading. They don't want people to secretly own that much of a company and then have the power to make these decisions that are going to affect stock prices, and which will give them a, the ability to short the stock or to pump and dump and lots of stuff that you just really can't do unless you want to be a crook. It's not fair to the shareholders. So what Elon Musk did is he got that 5%, and rather than reporting that to the Securities and Exchange Commission immediately, he waited 11 days while he continued to buy more shares. When Musk eventually announced his shareholdings and his intention to join Twitter's board of directors, the stock price skyrocketed by 27%, a major surge for such a large company. Analysts believe that this is because investors saw Elon's endorsement of the company as a, a good sign for the future and people bought. An argument could be made that his failure to report to the SEC on his original purchase when he hit that 5% mark, that would have triggered that pump in the price. Meaning people who were holding already existing shares at that time would have seen their values go up. However, because he waited till April 4th and continued to buy, he was buying those shares at an artificially deflated price. And so now he's getting sued. There is a class action lawsuit going through the courts right now where the shareholders are suing Elon Musk for this offense. The accusations by the plaintiffs is that Musk deceived shareholders. By failing to report his 5% stake, he delayed that 27% pump and was able to nearly double his holdings before the price soared. Musk's timing saved him $147 million, and the shareholders are pissed. Understandably so. That money came straight out of their pockets. Now, I don't know if Elon Musk did this on purpose or if it was just an oversight, but he has had some run-ins with the SEC before, and they have involved Twitter. I'm not going to get into that, but you can Google it if you want to know about it. So I don't know what to think here. Uh, really, I just think he's a rich person doing what rich people do. You know, they try to make money and they're pretty good at it. That's how they got rich. In other Elon Musk news, it was reported on April 1st that the Cybertruck, the much anticipated electric vehicle that's built out of stainless steel and it's going to be badass. It was alleged that that has been canceled. I was devastated. I was actually at a bachelor party when I read it and it really put a a damper on my mood because I paid my $100. I reserved one of those Cybertrucks. I want my Cybertruck. And I want the one that has a quad in the back. Well, it turned out 
that the Cybertruck project is in fact not dead. And that was actually just an April Fool's prank by, what is it, Carbuzz? I think Carbuzz. So yeah, that's good news. So in case you're one of those people who I told that the Cybertruck is dead, it's not dead. He is risen. Praise the Lord. However, it is starting to seem like the Cybertruck is still pretty far off. It gets pushed further back every time they make an announcement about it. And I think it's now looking like we're not going to see it till 2023. I'll wait. You can connect with Ramble by the River on social media by finding us at Ramble by the River on Facebook and Instagram and at Ramble River Pod on Twitter. All of this information, as well as any links you hear referenced during the show, can be found in the show notes for this episode and at ramblebytheriver.com. Okay, I feel like I'm probably forgetting something, but I've made it through my notes, and I don't see anything else, so if I do forget something else, I'll just have the, uh, I'll just put it in later, because I want to go to track meet in like 10 minutes, and I think I'm done. I didn't sleep good. Actually, I didn't sleep at all last night. That's definitely why my brain is foggy. Yeah, it was weird. I laid down at like 10, 30, 11 o'clock with my wife when we normally go to bed. Could not calm down my legs. I got the Jimmy legs. Yeah, the Jimmy legs. And I don't know why. I don't know where it came from, but I had restless leg syndrome. My legs kept getting these like, it feels electrical like these electrical jolts that just will not stop. And I I couldn't sleep, couldn't sleep. So I laid there for like an hour with these electrical jolts going on in my legs. Eventually I was just like, ugh, I can't, I can't do it. I got up, decided I would go do some lunges or something, you know, stretch out the legs. Maybe they just needed to be worked a little bit. So I got up and I was, you know, walking around doing lunges and squats and squat thrusts and lunge thrusts and squat lunges and uh it didn't work i laid back down on the couch out out in the living room and still just never drifted off i ended up getting on my phone and just kind of scrolling instagram until like three in the morning and then i i was just like well shit i gotta get up in an hour so i just got in the shower had a nice leisurely shower got dressed slowly and went to work did not sleep a wink um, yeah, it's, it's 3 p.m. now. I've been here since 5 a.m. God damn. No wonder I feel like I'm in a fog. I am overdoing it. Okay. Well, I'm realizing as I'm doing these, uh, as I'm doing this intro that I am really hungry and I'm really tired. And I didn't really know that until I just said all that stuff. But I am noticing it now. So I'm going to get off this thing. I'm going to go watch Elsa at her track meet. I'm going to bring my wife a coffee. And I'm going to try to enjoy the rest of my day. I hope you do the same. So without further ado, please enjoy the second half of this interview with the great and powerful Chris Hill. I'm free. Can't nobody take me.
that that's uh that's the one thing i always hear you talking about that and you're like you never people don't think about that like there goes jeff he's off with a backpack full of weed killer and he's spend eight ten hours by himself all day long yeah so, make you go crazy yeah i mean yeah you've but you evolved in your job so i mean i don't know too much about all the stuff that you do but i know kind of just of what you do and everything but it's i've watched how you got went from you know where you at to you know mm -hmm. where you are now so do you want to talk about your job a little bit sure um i work for a company called marine spill response corporation it's a nationwide oil spill company we don't just do waterway stuff we are inland stuff too we work with cus we're a customer based and um we're not firemen a lot of people like i got friends like oh shit there's a boat sunk in the marina are you guys going to come clean it up because there's oil spill i'm like they're not our customer unless we work for the coast guard too if the coast guard says hey we need you to come clean this up but there's a reason why we are like the biggest and I would say we're the most expensive um, oil spill response company. There's a whole bunch of other ones out there, but we're the one of the biggest and 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 most expensive. So that's where we 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 work for Shell, Exxon, Kinder Morgan, you name it, and any of the big polluters. Yeah. And I I mean I've been there going into seven years, and uh, um, I've only been to a, a couple oil spills. I mean. Um, it's bad. Sometimes I'm like, oh shit, I wish there was an oil spill. So I think I could make some extra money. But do I really want another deep water horizon? No. Probably not. But like there's guys I work with that they work out of the year, worked over two hundred and some days away down in the Gulf just trying oh, to wow. put that put that thing to bed. Is that thing still leaking? I don't I don't believe I, it is, but there's other platforms. Out. I can't find information on yeah. it anymore. It's yeah. like it's been swiped from it, the internet. Yeah, they washed their hands of it. But there's so many. I went to Louisiana, unfortunately, uh, a few years ago. We had an incident at work where a couple people passed away. Ooh. That was my first, uh, we call it cascading, where you go to a different spot to work. And I basically went there to help out because... I mean, you imagine if you lost two people at work, I mean, so everybody else is kind of not in the right mindset. And so we, they, that's the beauty thing about our company. We're nationwide. So you got a couple people from East Coast, the Gulf, California, Pacific Northwest, and we all embarked on this place and we took over because all our equipment's kind of the same. So we just took over the everyday things and working on equipment. And then we had... um to uh, funeral services off a boat, which that was kind of a, you know, since I'm a, a infamous crier, I mean, I, I mean, I did not know these people at all, but I felt so attached to them by having a service for them. I mean, we, you know, threw flowers because um, one person's body we didn't recover. Mm -hmm. So it's just- What like, happened? That long story short, the way the boat was tied up to another boat and it just flipped it over. Oh. And uh, one guy was trapped inside and the other person, um, um, they don't know what happened to her. I'm so. sorry. That sucks. Yeah. So, I mean, so I got to know them and met the families and then you felt inter, you know, intertwined with them. And, you know, in Louisiana, never place I've never been to. And we had a funeral. And then that night we were they, the guy that's the vice president down there. He goes, I'm going to take you boys out to a nice dinner down on Bourbon Street. And. I don't know of anybody else, like, okay, I'm going to Bourbon Street. Like, what do you think of? You're there. I think of prawns, first of all. Well, yeah. From uh, 
from uh, Applebee's or I, I think you're like Bourbon Street Prawns. I thought you were talking about the Supper Club. That must be. I, yeah. Honestly, I have no idea no, where it came from. That's just yeah. what came into my head. But when I think of Bourbon Street, I think of it's a party. It's Mardi Gras and all oh, sorts yeah. of shit like that. But I was in no mindset, so I'm down there and everything's just. It's like you know you see a movie where someone's high or something in the world's the lights are going do 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 past their face and i'm like that was what was going on with me we went to this fancy steakhouse and i'm still kind of like not into it the guys are all wearing white jackets and white gloves and said like that and, you know the steak comes out in and there's like seven course meal and i'm like it's just i didn't really enjoy my time in louisiana like i wanted to and candy wants to really go down there and i'm like i don't i i i'm putting Louisiana into a bad picture. It's not a bad place, but as like my experience down there was not the best. But you associate it with that yeah, feeling. Yeah, but I think, you know, I'm I could get past all that kind of stuff like that. I did know that we that night we had a another night we had a free night and the Pelicans, the professional basketball team down there. Mm -hmm. We I went to a professional basketball game 20 rows from the front and the team sucked so bad. It was with an Uber ride. And the ticket was twenty four dollars. Oh wow! On Seat Geek, it was just a last thing we just went and did. But this is a horrible. But is that an NBA team? I've never even yeah, heard of the Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans are in in New Orleans. So, Didn't even know that yeah, existed. Yeah. So it. Yeah, that's why the seat was twenty four dollars. Yeah. But the next night, guess who was in town? LeBron James was in town in the same seat. I looked it up. I go, let's go to a game again. LeBron James. It was two hundred fifty dollars for my oh. seat. So. It's on who's there. It's not who's playing. So yeah, I saw LeBron James play at the Rose Garden. Like it was like his sec second game or something. Mm -hmm. um, my little sister was doing the cheerleader thing. Oh, back yeah. in the day when they used to go up there. Yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 to be honest with you, I know you and your brother, and I didn't know you had sisters until. Oh, yeah. I knew you had sisters. And let's just say that I knew you had sisters, but I didn't know of your sisters. So. They're they don't get a lot of. Uh, I mean, they don't. We don't run in a lot of the same circles. Yeah. Like my so. sister, my older sister runs a business with her husband and they're pretty successful and she's got three kids. And so I I see her every couple of months, but they live out in Nacell. I think one of them used to work at Pioneer Market eons ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah my older sister. Yeah. She drove like a green older, like a- That was a Volt. Uh, Mercury Sable. Yeah, so it was an older car. I remember that. That so. car sat in my great grandmother's garage for twenty years, so it was it had like twenty thousand miles on it. But so it was like an old car that but she had, but it was like a new, new car. New car, yeah, yeah, awesome, awesome. Yeah. She uh, she painted that wood box out front that's still there that says wood, wood. on it. Yeah. yeah, I always think of that. That's the only way I remembered that she worked there. That that place. I mean, I'm not saying I wish that um, Karina would have never sold it. I mean, I'm not saying that the people, the guy that owns it is bad now, but I just, I guess it was never the same when her father passed away because I used to go there every morning. I'd get a Sobe and two pepperoni sticks. And then if I wanted to really top off my breakfast, I'd grab some uh, Doritos. Oh, yeah. I'm like, well, you got your meats, you got your cheeses, you got and yeah, the food groups and stuff like that. But yeah, that was uh, my shitty breakfast in the morning before I went to work. But uh, Art was always a good guy to bullshit with. Dude. He was, I used to, like, he's like, you want to buy a scratch ticket? And he kind of got me hooked on scratch tickets. And he, he would just take them and scratch the spot where you scan them. Yeah. And just buzz them. And he goes, oh, that's a loser. And I go, don't you need to put $5 in the till? I go, he goes, I'll figure it out later, son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Man, when I was a kid, I would find scratch tickets like in the trash that people had already scratched. I just loved scratching yeah. that gray shit off for some reason. I, I still do, actually. Yeah. My kid, like Aiden, he's like, can we get a scratch ticket, Dad? And I'm like, fuck, geez, what have I started here? Yeah. But whenever he scratches them, we win. So I'm like, okay. So, I've never won anything on those. Yeah, I've won, I've won two times big on that, and it was off losing tickets. So that Pioneer Market had a deal. You turned in your losing tickets. You wrote your name on the back. And the state of Washington had a drawing, so they'd reach in and out of the big box, and they'd pull out a card, and if your name was on it. So I won a TV once, and I won a barbecuer. Oh, so wow. So that was my big whip. So I had to lose. So I probably paid for that barbecuer and TV probably twice. Oh, over. probably. Yeah. Well over. Yeah. Well, depending on how often you do it. Some people get a scratch ticket or two every day. Yeah. There's, yeah, yeah I see routine. people, they sit in their car and just scratch them until they're out of money or they, you know— I guess that's when you quit when you're out of money. <laughs> Got to follow the dopamine. Yeah. Get it somehow. Some people get it from scratch tickets. Some people like to hit their kids. Some people yeah. like to make music. Who knows yeah. what's 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 the cool know, thing? Yeah. What it's going to be for you. But, it changes for me all the time. Yeah. The podcasting has been a good one the last year. Yeah, it, but it's something. I mean, that's a new experience. I mean, yeah. But it's like anything you have in the back of your head. Like, oh, am I going to get tired of this? I know, right? Yeah. Now you may be like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hooked and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I'm out of the hooked stage where it's obsessive, to where it's like I can't do anything else but think about that. But I'm, and I'm into the stage where it's like I still enjoy it, but it's work now, which is where really where I want to be mm-hmm. uh, for for any kind of a task that is going to be long term sustainable. Yeah. Like college, uh, I'm, my my interest just changes rapidly, and all all of a sudden I'm just like, eh, I'm not into that anymore. Like NFTs. I was very into NFTs two months ago. Now I couldn't give a shit. I haven't. It's, Is that I've, what you're giving away? Uh, I, I just, <laughs> I really think they're exciting because of the technology potential for what they could be in our world. Like as a, just as a placeholder for so many other things that right now we're not doing digitally, like tickets and driver's licenses yeah. and things like that. So I think that people should get uh, a good working knowledge of what they are just so that when they do come in to be in a normal everyday part of life, it's not a shock and it's not uncomfortable and you've already gone through the clumsy process of downloading a wallet and you know kind of how it works and that's the whole point of doing the giveaway yeah and that's why i'm still just i'm just giving away for people for free those ones that are that are for that i'm giving away are they're not expensive they cost me like five bucks a piece and um it's fun i think it's like it's almost like trading cards or something yeah i'm not i'm not into the and i because i listen to the show i'm not a crypto or bitcoin or anything like that even though I have a being friends with Ned, I have a friend named Ned Bittner that keeps telling me I've got closer to the mic, so because he's old too. Can you hear me, Ned? You keep talking about I'm going to set you up with and tell you how to do it. But did he get pie on your phone? No, he didn't done shit. Oh, he got pie Jeff. on my phone. Finally. Yeah, he hasn't done anything. He keeps he's a he, but he sure got me on the gambling website though. Oh yeah. yeah. So, but and then you know i i do believe uh he only did that cuz he uses me as a mule because i work every day in oregon which oregon you can bet online gambling so there there might be some times that i've placed some bets for him cuz i was in oregon and he was in washington so does it pay attention where you are place? yes it, wow so if i try to do right now bet something on my sports app it'll say you cannot bet in this state but if i drive halfway across the bridge it was like bet your ass off you know wow that's so, kind of cool but I didn't. I didn't even think anything of it. Like he's selling me on this app, and I'm like, okay, that sounds awesome. But it has took a nosedive a little bit because football is pretty exciting. And then there's games, you know, shit. There's nowadays in football. There's 
what do you got Monday night football, Thursday night football, Sunday, then the playoffs, you got Saturday. And then with COVID, they had makeup games. There was Tuesdays and Wednesday games. So it was pretty exciting during football season. But now, now it's like, all right, they I pay a subscription and they're like, okay, we're giving you these free games. And luckily I've been able to uh, profit from some of them, but like, I don't know shit about NASCAR racing. So I got to pick five NASCAR racers that I'm going to think you're going to do good. I'm like, how do you score either? Let's say go back to Ricky, either first or your last Ricky. I'm like, how do you, if you either win the race or you don't, but I don't know how they, they give you points where you finish on the race. Yeah. I'm like, it's like, is Jeff Gordon still yeah, in here? Like, if you don't bang your car up, do you get extra points? And, I don't know anything about NASCAR. And then last night I, UFC, which I watched some at some friend's house and, uh, that was fun. I do but like I, watching I, that. I picked up, you know, I did some study and then I, I looked at the people fighting and I won almost every fight, but there was always somebody that just did a little bit better than me. So I didn't win any money on that. So, yeah, I, I used to watch UFC back in high school, like when it was just really starting to get traction and get yeah. popular back in like the Chuck Liddell yeah, days. The, the, yeah. Where first Anderson, really the got Spider better. Silva. Yeah. Those were the OGs of it. And actually on the, they showed the fighters in the in the stands, and Chuck Liddell was there last night. And because he's not, as you can tell, as time goes on, they got the young guns up in the front, and he was like three or four rows back. You uh-huh. know, he wasn't front row anymore and stuff like. Yeah, that. he's he's been out of it for a while. Yeah, but he was fun to watch. Scary man. Yeah, we yeah, went over to a um, friend of ours, uh, the Boucher's house, and they had a good time and. And over there, we're eating burgers and watching fights, and my daughter's running around entertaining us. And for a while, she was doing more of the entertaining. I go, Bernie's like, we just paid all this money for a pay-per-view. Now we're watching a four-year-old, and we're throwing ping-pong balls up into a ceiling fan light shade instead of watching the fight and stuff like that. So, Does your daughter like to perform, or is she shy? She's... um She's a performer, unlike I know your daughter's shy. She's I tried very to, shy. I tried to get her at a basketball game and then I knew she was shy so I went at her aggressively like I went rah and at her and then she grabbed I can't remember who I don't know if it was it was I don't think it was Melissa I think it was Elsa she just grabbed her and like held on to her and I'm like, I just started laughing and walked away yeah because I knew what I was going to get out of her I just was screwing around with her yeah because... well she knows too she it's kind of an act because yeah. she's not actually scared because I've just... yeah I've seen her on the outskirts she's she ain't shy at all no no not at all but she it's more of just like a, it, it's like a, it's a, I don't even know what stranger it, danger yeah, kind of thing. Well, like, not even, she doesn't just do it to strangers. She does it to like everyone yeah. except for her immediate family who she sees daily. But and, the, and it goes away within half an hour. Yeah. It's just the warm up phase is long. Yeah. And the crazy thing is I think the first, one of the first times, I think it was last year or this year, cross country tried to get them to talk to each other. Oh yeah. And then. She was into it, but my daughter was not into it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Excuse me. You're a friggin' chatterbox, and then now you're not. But And they've literally known each other since birth. Yeah, and that's the whole other crazy thing. And I think in the, I know at least like in Candy's mind, and I don't know about Melissa's, but Melissa and Candy grew up together. Their dads, yeah. their dads were friends. That was a, that was a, we won't even get into that. That was a gang of guys that lived life and lived, had fun. A lot of, I mean, I hear all the stories and I was, I'm not, that old and see what they did. But I heard stories about, you just, you know, and then working with CJ, his dad was part of that group and the, mm-hmm. the fucking, um, the race car. I mean, all that shit. The, I love the golf that trips. Group of guys. Uh, they, yeah. I always looked at them as, as like aspirational even because yeah. my dad was kind of, well, honestly, kind of like me, 
all, kind of a fringer mm-hmm. to where he he got along with all those guys and they were his friends, but he wasn't hanging out with them. That's daily. the one thing I never knew your dad at all. I knew of him, but mm-hmm. I did not know he wasn't he wasn't one of the look at me guys, you know. And he stuff. kept to himself. Yeah. And when he did party, he did it in secret. Yeah. And so. but, and they probably but they probably were like, oh shit, we need something done. So he they, used to paint their race cars. I, yeah, they'd come knock on his door yeah. when they need something done. We all have those kind of friends that you need something done, and I feel like I'm. I love helping my friends out if I can do something. I got electrical background and stuff like that, and if I can help my friends or help them move or do some stuff, and it all it's a, it's a, I don't know, it's a evolving circle. Like that's how community works. Yeah, I help my you know friends out, and then you know I got you know like the, our core group of friends, and it's just like we just came. Was it two weekends ago? We went to Vegas. And my whole group of friends helped me pull off the biggest, uh, like, surprise. I helped. They, I mean, it was a group effort, but we surprised Candy for her birthday, her 30th birthday. Of course. Wink, wink. But, uh, um, yeah, it was, in long story short, I had to lie to her nonstop and say I was working at an oil spill because she was going to wonder why her mom had the kids and I couldn't talk on the phone and it was all text, and I knew where she was because Anna Taft was helping uh, CC know that shared locations. And I was in Vegas before she got to Vegas, and after she got done with the concert, she came out, and the we, the group was in a limo, and I was on the outside of limo, and she got on and I, in the limo, and I heard her screaming and freaking out, uh-huh. and then I jumped in, and she friggin' jumped on top of me, and everybody is teary eyed. I mean, like I said, I'm a big crier, and I was trying not to babble like a baby but i just cried a little bit and then it was party time but yeah shocked the shit out of her oh that sounds awesome yeah it was it was a big big uh big time so like i said it was we have in our fat house we got three big birthdays this year like i'm turning 50 in july candy was whatever age that she was yeah and then my oldest boy is 21 and he's he's not gonna be like a nor like i don't say normal but like he's not a kid that like well, yeah, I'm going to take my kid to food lamplighter was open. We're going to lamplighter. We're going to get drunk. You know, it's like, no, it is. He likes it. So we're going to hopefully find something different because it's a milestone birthday. It'll still be a milestone even yeah. if you don't get but, sick and, but if he, and stuff. Yeah. If he tells me, he goes, I want to throw down a goddamn shot of tequila. And even though I don't drink hard booze or anything, I drink beer every once in a while. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll. You know, if he if he's gonna put his neck out there, being the introvert that he is, I'm like, I'm not gonna let my I'm not gonna let my kid go down in flames yeah. by himself. So, but I I don't know what's gonna happen with that. So, but uh, yeah, this this life in general with the kids and stuff like that, the birthdays and things go by fast. It know. goes by so fast. Yeah. So, I I try really hard to keep my mind on uh, remembering it because it if it, if you don't, it just slips away, and then before you know it, yeah. it's over. Well, well, you got what Sawyer's seventh and then Elsa's sixth, right? They're fifth, fifth, fifth and seventh. Oh, um, sixth and seventh. Yeah, we skipped Elsa ahead. Um, she we had her skip fifth grade, yeah. which and thank God we did because she also just happened to have a crazy growth spurt the yeah. same year. Well, yeah, she's super tall. Yeah, and she's she's very but, good in school, so yeah. it worked out really well. And I'm I'm gonna guess just from knowing what she does, I. Um, if she keeps running, you guys won't have to worry about paying for college. I hope. I hope we'll see. Uh, I it's. I'm but trying to be really delicate. With yeah, that it, one. It, and and it's. I don't want to push hard too push. hard. Yeah, because if you push, they might 
resist. Also, I don't want her to get too much faster than me too early because I still want to be able to run with her. <laughs> you just, Jeff, I still, if we're running upstairs, I'll try to beat, I'm almost 50, I'll try to beat my kids every time. And if you I have can't to. beat them, I'll fucking trip them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I'm winning. I mean, yeah. and, and then until they get crafty enough to know their old man's going to do something to, you know, screw them up and not, not let them win or anything like that. But. My older kids are just coming into the range where I can actually start being truly competitive with them. Mm-hmm. Where before you had to be gentle and like, oh, yeah, you pretend like, competitive. Yeah, it's still like, oh, fall bit, down at the finish line, they beat you. Now it's it's getting to where like I have to work hard to win every time and I don't even win every time. And then pretty soon I'm not going to be able to win at all. So I'm just trying to enjoy these last few victories. But they're fast. Yeah, Sawyer's been lifting weights too, so he's going to get stronger than yeah. me really quick. He, to be honest with you, I saw him on the way in here, and when you don't see a kid for a few weeks, he looks like, I mean, uh, he's lost a couple of pounds. Yeah, yeah. He's, so, his his body fluctuates. Like, yeah, so he's, I could tell, but just because I haven't seen him. I he, think he's actually gained weight, but he's just gained height. Maybe oh, maybe that's, he's growing, and so. Why didn't he grow before basketball season? Yeah, I don't know. It's for <laughs> next year. It's for next year. Yeah. So. When he came back from fishing in Alaska, it was the first time I had ever seen him without a six-pack like have visible abs mm-hmm. and within a month it was back to normal yeah. but he's a fucking oh well i go catch myself no, he's a to, fucking a lot of things but he's a fucking little animal yes and he's got a he's got a, the mindset that i had when i played basketball is you got that ball i'm gonna fucking take it from you he's ferocious and he's like we're playing teams and i'm like I'm like if we get up by so many points the clock's gonna run and that means other people aren't gonna get a play and I'm like having to like pull the reins back on. He goes, I was actually going to ask you about that. I go, he goes, can we just pick him up at half court? And I'm like, nope, get back to the three point line and let them come to you. Let them walk the ball up. And as, as if, if we score a couple more points and steal the ball, then we're going to have the clock's going to be running and the game's going to be over in a heartbeat. And little Joey's not going to be able to play off the bench because the game's over in a heartbeat. And then he'd come, can what about now? The score would get closer. He goes, all right, go get the steal the ball from him. I don't care. He goes there. He'd steal it. And, and then I'd be screaming the whole time because he's a ball of fire and he's going 100 miles an hour and he'd take that lo- wrong little angle and the ball just go off the blackboard and off the front of the rim. But he he missed quite a few lay-ins just because he was going so damn fast. He's all keyed up. Yeah, he was Yeah, he's all – he's like, I just took your heart away from you and I'm going to go shove it down your coach's throat. Yeah. So – but he was – by far, he, if you look at that kid's face, you were like, God damn, he's a psycho. <laughs> yeah, for real. There's one game in particular where I, I don't remember what team it was. I, I'm bad at that, that yeah. kind of thing. But um, you guys were destroying them. And it was fairly late in the game. And Sawyer, every time he got in, it's still just like being so aggressive and getting that ball so consistently that I was actually starting to feel bad for the other team. Yeah. Like looking at the parents and the other stand and like, as a parent, it's easier for me to be like, take it easy. Yeah. Um, even though I didn't say that because I'm not going to tell Sawyer to take it easy. Yeah. But um, as a coach, what do you, how do you handle that? Do you, do you actually mention like, Hey, we're going to be classy here. We're well, not going to like, what do yeah, you do? Well, sometimes you just only way to, to do that is you just got to pull them out of the game. And even though in the, and most of the time when we start whipping their ass, it's time for the other guys to get in. But then that margin narrows down like a close game. Yeah. And we talked about it to get this undefeated season we had in seventh grade. We talked about it. I said, hey, this is the best team. We're the best team. They're the second best team. I go, do you guys want to win this 
Because if so, like we'll just keep hammering them with the best players we got. Because that's as you get older, the lesser players sit on the bench, and if they get a chance to get in, we all openly talked about it. As I mean, like they were like little adults, and I said, "What's going to happen?" And the kids that um, didn't play very much, they're like, "We want to win the game," and they basically, if we don't get a chance to play. And that's what it came down to. It was a close game against Valley, and we beat them at their home. And they started; they were pissed. They started pushing our players in the back. And I'm like, what the hell, you know? And then the two referees, I think they lived in Valley too. And, and it was this thing. They're talking to the coach. And they were nice guys. But it, it was a total, you know, just like, you know, it's like your coworker. There's your last set. You can't it's control a, that. It's a, it's a, you know, it's hometown stuff. It's yeah. your hometown. But, we both walked out of there with eighth and seventh grade wins, and we, you know, you know, left town and made sure no one was chasing us with their trucks and pitchforks and got out of there. But it was good. But and but the back to the back and the kids off, like, but it was nice to see the kids that were played all the time were like, well, we can let the other guys play and we'll just roll the dice. But the other kids were like, no, we we want to win and win all the games because. And, I think and that, I, those are both the right answers. Yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't pushing. I said, your guys' team, you make the choice. And they chose to win the game. And I and I always, when I see mom in the stands, and I'll just like, hey, the reason why your son didn't play this game is this. And the mom, the parents that were there, like, we totally support what happened like that. So. Yeah, they know their kid's not that good. And, yeah, and that's the whole thing. These two years, seventh and eighth grade, are, it's going to be, it's either you're a wrestler or you're a football player or you're a basketball player. And after when you're in high school, you're going to go off be banned like my son's in band he didn't play any sports so that's where you but yeah there's but, all kinds of people but if, they if, just if you're terrible at basketball you and you show up at varsity basketball and think you're going to play you're not going to play yeah and most likely they're going to cut you and unless they got a c team then you're going to get put on the c team and practice at 6 30 in the morning and then if that doesn't cut you from the team then it's going to make you better basketball player. yeah you're going to make you be able to get ready for work in the morning yeah <laughs> Well, I mean, if it doesn't kill you to be to be doing that, it, it's going to make you better. Yeah. So like that, it, it's it's a it's a double edged sword. I think on a lot of the like kids that. who aren't that good don't even want to play that much. No. Like I, I was the perfect example. I wanted to be there because it's where my friends were, and oh yeah, it's I, like a I played basketball thing. in elementary school only, but um, so fourth, fifth, and sixth grade. But if they would have tried to have me in there the whole game and like pass Jeff the ball, he'll make the shot. Nah, yeah. maybe past the junior. I had some kids on my team this year that did not want to be there, and then by the end of the season, they were glad they were there. And that was—I I feel like I did, that was a benefit or kudos to me, maybe because I made them get involved. And actually, the kids were getting older, and there was no more the poking in the chest, like screwing. Around. There, yeah. We as guys, we still fucking pick on our friends. If yeah. You, if my, That's if, how you bond. Yeah. If if I'm not picking on somebody or, or you know, burning on them, then I don't like you. If I'm quiet. I'm or like, you're not comfortable. Yeah. I, I don't know you yet and stuff like that. I mean, I don't even know how many times I've uh, verbally assaulted Ned in a group of friends and then he's just like, oh shit. And we all both know Ned, he's fucking quiet. Yeah. He'll just, he'll just fucking grab your arm and twist it behind your back and he's try got to some kill you. sneaky moves. We both worked at the youth camp together. Oh, that's right. So we we know some of those sneaky moves, but when you're that big and strong, he he can usually take you down and shit like that. Yeah, so. yeah. You've heard my show. I talk horrible about my friends. Yeah, it's, but it's because yeah. I love them and yeah, I know it exactly. I mean, in 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 this conversation we've had, if I've said anything bad about kids, is because I they fucking meant something to me. And I, I'm thinking about why you said that. Your friends, like 
the Chalkers. I mean, I love those kids. They, even my though, very favorite people. They, even though they were knuckleheads, I, I'm proud of them who they who they are right now. Me too. I mean, friggin' electricians. I was in that world. And it takes some discipline. You got to fucking you got to study and do shit like that. And if you would have told me they were gonna do some of that shit when they're in high school, I'm like, well, they're gonna fucking blow some shit up. Or something's yeah. gonna catch on fire, or you know, or they're gonna be have a fucking afro from being shocked. So, yeah, I'm uh, sure they get shocked. Well, yeah. <laughs> if you don't get shocked, you're not doing it right because I've been shocked so many goddamn times. Been in so, the house, and like I remember, I was just an apprentice, and I'm working with CJ. He's my boss, and I'm like, I got this kid who's my boss, which sometimes it was kind of hard pill to swallow. But CJ is like another. He's older and what he is he's an old soldier yeah yeah so we'd be working on something and all of a sudden i get zapped and fucking drill would fall out of my hand and smash on the counter and some old lady's perfume and earrings would all go flying and everything like that and cj's like yeah he's just water off a duck's bath and fix it all up best we can and try to wipe our fingerprints and footprints off and get the hell out of there and go to the next job yeah he's a good dude i i love cj we're talking about all my friends i've got a lot of good ones you're bringing up yeah that's like, a solid group. Yeah, that is like like I see these kids. I mean, like we'll call them kids, but they was they're all good guys. And I mean, like I said, I got a, I spent more time with some of you guys every week than your parents did. And I got tons. I mean, when you coach for twenty some years, you got lots of kids you know and stuff like Coaching's that. Coaching is so important. It's a really important part of society. Yeah, the coach. My biggest thing is coaching is like you get your ass knocked down. Either you're gonna get up and fight back or you're going to roll over and lick, you know, would expose like a dog when they expose their belly, you're going to, eh, I give up. Yeah. And, Learned helplessness. And I, I give big kudos to that to Kevin McNulty when I was in high school, that guy taught me so much and I was a dipshit and smarted off and did some stuff, but I could play football like crazy. And he taught me a bunch of stuff and he was like, don't back down and taught me how to do a lot of shit. And I, I, I wrote a half-assed paper when I was going to community college about him, and I wish I had that some bitch because I wasn't a um, intellectual and didn't write a bunch. Of, but I wrote I, that sucker was good, and it was like like people like oh that's kind of teary-eyed, you know. Is growing up without a role model, you know, like a male role model, and you have somebody to step in and be that for. And that was back because like one of his first few years at coaching, and he was fired up. He was a little redhead with big muscles and. And he yelled and screamed and hollered, and now he's more of a quiet, sarcastic coach. And still I mean, with big muscles, yeah, still muscles and yells. And he doesn't wear glasses anymore, but we used to call him Coach Four Eyes. <laughs> yeah, and and then Jeff Eaton and uh, I. Uh, I guess I'm old enough now. We we call him Coach Eaton Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. But uh, yeah, it was like got and then Gene Ford was a coach, and Doug Gells, and all these guys that were. You know, just great role models for us guys as football players, and it just it takes a you know community with small schools and stuff like that, and small schools, and you got coaches and you know little league like the Rob Cunningham helping yeah. out. I mean, holy shit! And there's always those. There's always those. I want to say dads, but it's not always a dad. No, it's, Sometimes yeah. it's just a, a someone we're lucky to have around. But yeah. there's always that core group of people in the community that make it all possible. Mm-hmm. And without those people. It's not going to happen. So thank you for being one of those people yeah. for the commu- on behalf of the whole community. Oh thank well, you. it's my pleasure. I'm I'm glad that like parents have entrusted me to their kids because I mean, 
that was it the last game well i don't know if it was last game or one of the last games um chase cunningham got sick mm -hmm. he he said he got bus sick but i don't think it was it was a stomach flu or well, it's, just, it's covid but it wasn't covid but like he was on the, he's like after the game i'm sitting around and he's like i don't feel good coach and i'm like i go what's wrong he goes i'm gonna puke and i'm like well go in the bathroom he puked the whole bus ride home from south bend and like when and like i hope that you know rob and katie were like oh thank you thank you thank you but i just i want people to know if i got your kid with me i'm treating him like my kid you know and you know if, if you're gonna puke you know, and you're a parent, you're gonna get puke on you. I mean, it's it's that's the way I'll deal it comes with with the territory. Yeah, so I'll I'll treat your kid like my kid, and you can trust me with them. So, but please don't think I'm a babysitter right now. Don't be yeah. dropping them off of my house. <laughs> it's weird. You gotta. It's it's coaching is its own thing. That's got a little bit from the parent world, a little bit from the friend world, a little bit from yeah. just all kinds of different areas. But yeah, you're not a babysitter. You're not quite a teacher, but you are a teacher. It's just like you're not quite a friend, but you need to be a friend. Yeah, it's a it's a tough job. And I've been doing this so long. And the crazy thing, I just you brought up something is is uh, like Candy. She's like, oh, I remember you were. We all had a, a crush on you, and I'm like, I go, she didn't. You need to stop talking about this because it sounds when you tell this story, it sounds like I was one of them coaches that was in the news. Uh -huh. And I, your wife has even said something about it. it goes, Oh, everybody had a crush on you, Chris. And I'm like, I go, I go, well, it's okay now if you're a mom, but yeah. not when you're a fucking 16 year old girl. Yeah. It, she yeah. doesn't add the part of the story where, yeah. you know, I decades went by. Yeah. And I was married and all that kind of stuff. But I, I would come home from a away basketball game and have fucking love notes on my truck. And I, I was just like, and that's dangerous as fuck. I know. And then, um, um, had lipstick once and I laughed my ass off. Someone kissed my driver's side window i had a jacked up uh, toyota pickup and i'm like oh my god because i felt the side of the window and it had dirt everywhere so you know they had dirt all over our lips after they yeah. kissed it i'm like oh poor poor girl but yeah it's just like but candy's like oh i had a crush on you all through high school and then now we're together and I'm, but she the way she tells it i just cringe because i just sink in my chair i go you need to stop saying it because it sounds like i was dating you in high school so, yeah, it, yeah. It, but think of from her perspective. That's a cute story. It'd be hard not to tell that. I one. guess a little bit, yeah. But it's it's it, it. She's when I got divorced. Get into that subject a little bit. I like. I didn't think I was. I'm like, fuck this. I'm not. You know, I'm not. I was with someone for 14 years. I got three kids. I'm just dealing with the kids. And then she kind of just fell in my lap. I remember seeing her at the lost room because I had a routine like. When my boys weren't with me, I'd go to Lost Through and they'd made me dinner every night because that's what you did. You went to Lost Through because they had the best food in town. And I remember eating steak and she came walking in with Mandy Alexander. And I'm like, oh, kind of forgot about her. And then next thing you know, there's a guy at work and his sister. And next thing you know, we're uh, meeting at the good old fashioned uh, lamplighter. Uh -huh. And then it went from there. So I actually, I think I did ask her brother who was my one of my players all through high school. I go, do you mind if I date your sister? Is Candy older or younger? She's older than Dustin. Okay. And I'm like, a few years. And I said, do you mind if I date your sister? He goes, he was like, you know, Dustin, he's like, fuck yeah, go ahead, man. I'm like, and he goes, that'd be awesome. You better than any of the other fuckers she's ever went out with. And I'm I like- I think that's the key. Yeah. Like, most brothers just want their sisters to end up with somebody good. Like yeah. a solid stand-up dude. So, Same it, with dads, I think. That's yeah, how I feel at least. Yeah, that's what I want. I mean- 
I, when I see a dad who's like acts real weird about teenage boys, um, it's almost creepy. Yeah. I hope my daughter is, I want her to be the smart stuff that I don't have to, I want to exactly. be worried, but I'm like, she's going to know if that guy's a dipshit or not. Like, exactly. Like, but I still, I want to be, if my daughter ever gets married, I, I, I'm going to steal a little bit of it. But Chris Kino, at, when his daughter got married, he said something and I thought it was awesome. He goes, he goes, you know, I'm trusting you, my daughter's now in your hands, but you're still never, ever going to be good enough for my daughter. I mean, because cause no one ever will be good enough. Yeah. And I, I, and if you if you know about if you think about it, he wasn't trying to knock the guy. He was just was like, that's my baby. That's how much he loves yeah, his girl. Yeah, so. But, yeah, being a dad to a girl is a very special relationship. Yeah. And, I, I, mean, I love doing it. It's yeah. really. And you got two of them. I got four boys and one girl. And I jokingly always say, well, you guys don't matter anymore. And then like, I go, then I have to, like, I'm just joking, guys. Please don't take it to heart. But. Yeah. I, I don't know why, but I understand girls better than, than boys. The And not, not necessarily understand. I just, I, I'm, it's easier for me. Like, I get really overwhelmed with the constant fighting uh, when you're hanging out with a bunch of boys. Yeah. They're fighting nonstop. What's and, the, it's the, it's the. They're sparring. Yeah, it's it's like beating yeah. on the chest. Like, oh, I'm the better. I'm the lion. I'm the king. Exactly. And I remember when I was that kid. Um, but I don't know how people stood being around me. It's yeah, so it's, hard to be around. It's it's a teenage boy, and then but then a teenage girl too, or even growing just, up a girl. Yeah. It's like like I I give kudos to Ned because I don't know how you deal with, you know, he's got let's just say between JV and varsity, maybe he might have thirty on a good year off thirty girls in the gym. He has a lot of female relationships. Yeah, and then women's at home and stuff like that. And then finally, you know, as I've gotten older, I've learned about women when they get in packs, they all get in a cycle together. And so their periods could all be the same. And then they're all bitchy at the same. I mean, and not all, please women out there, I'm not saying you're bitchy when you're on your period, but you're different and shit can go sideways. And Ned's, More sensitive. Yeah, Ned's, a, I'm not saying he's a softy, but he knows how he's soft-spoken I mean, he's harped at people before and not just in, co but he just knows how to deal with it. And it takes a special person because for years, he, after I quit high school, he tried to get me to come help. And I'm like, dude, you're, it's not intense enough. The girls will hate me because I, back then I was a screamer and a yeller at guys that go, 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 go. Before the heart attack? Yeah, before the heart attack, my heart attack. Yeah. So you, yeah. you want to get into that? Sure. Little? Yeah. You got time for that? I don't we know. We can go as long as you want. Yeah. So, like I said, the heart attack could, segue into that i was it was probably i want to say going into six years ago and uh i i'm a basketball junkie i'd go to open gym a couple times a week and so i'm up at open gym and i'm like ah you know i'm playing and i'm and of all things if any any new shows up to open gym i feel like we're talking about the king of the 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 king of the hill so these younger, like 20-some-year-old kids from um, Kathlamet were in town, really good basketball players. But So you got to bring your A game. So my A game. And luckily, I like I said, I can play defense and rebound and get the ball to the right person that can put the ball in the hole. And we were winning. We kept winning and winning and winning. And I'm like, but God damn, I'm keep like um, people, I can't see this right now, but I kept moving my left arm because it felt weird. And then my chest was tight and I'm like, okay, but playing basketball. And so we won like four games in a row 
and I go over to wipe the sweat off my fat ass face. And uh, um, I'm like, God, I don't feel good. I don't really feel good and uh, really tired. But this, the kids that we just got beat, they're like, you going to play again? And I'm like, well, fuck, I'm not backing down. So we play again, another 20 minutes, and it's get, my chest is getting you know, tighter. And, and uh, we beat them again. And I walked over, and I grabbed the phone with my left hand, and I'm push, you know, you don't dial a number anyway. I push Candy's face on the phone and I telling her all this shit. I go, I'm holding this phone, but I can't feel it in my hand. My chest hurts. And she goes, well, maybe go to the hospital. And I'm not thinking heart attack. I'm just thinking yeah. something's weird with me. And cause I'm talking like this and, uh, I get down to the hospital and the lady at the thing, I explained to what's going on with me. And she goes at the front desk, she goes, well, why did you drive here? And I go, well, I was, I didn't want to walk from the high school here. She goes, we could have got an ambulance. I'm like, I go, for what? She goes, you're probably having a heart attack. This is the front desk person, the check-in person. So not a doctor. Not a doctor, but come to find out someone talked to her. It's like, you don't tell somebody that. So I'm like, I'm like, heart attack? Yeah, I was going to say, and that seems like yeah, right And so they take me in the back and get me back there. And of all times I'm there, this is like almost like eight o'clock at night on a Sunday. And a storm's brewing outside. The wind's blowing like crazy, but it's not raining yet. What time of year is this? It's in right in coming in after fall. Not okay. winter. No wait. So stormy. No, 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 time. no. It was right before springtime. Oh, so it, stormy time. It was. It. I'm gonna back up now. I'm you know, like I told you, my old brain. May twentieth. Oh, you do know the actual yes, date. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. Oh, that's that's a very stormy time. Yeah, it's, it's it, one of those times. I was I was trying to, but it was super. It was still dark out because it was eight o'clock at night. So I'm in the hospital room and they hook up these machines to me. But of all nights I'm at the hospital, they got nobody that works there all the time. They got a brand new doctor's first night there. They got two nurses that are traveling nurses, and they got one person. I don't know what they call them, but they're like the nurse's assistant. They they come in like and, a PA. Yeah, check your blood pressure and all that. And so I, you know, my blood pressure is going through the roof and all sorts of shit. And then the nurse, the head one of the nurses, she goes, "Doctor, there must be something wrong with this machine. It keeps saying he's in VTEC, but look at him. He's not having a heart attack." And I remember he grabbed her arm and pulled her outside, and they. I don't know why he, I think he thought he was closing the door on, if you've been to the Ocean Beach Hospital, there's that sliding door, but he grabbed just the curtain and I could hear every goddamn word they're talking about. He's having a heart attack, but it's just at the beginning stages right now. Just let's keep him calm. So then he comes in. That would have freaked me out way worse. So he, I'm like, holy sh- heart attack. But I'm, I'm not just like this. I'm talking, blah, blah, blah. And they come in, they go, okay. How are you doing emotionally through all this? Emotionally, I'm just like this. I'm focused. I'm, totally they said normal. heart attack three times, and I'm not, I'm like, no, I'm not having a heart attack because what do we envision when we see heart attack? We're watching TV. I'm not grabbing my chest. Yeah, very active. I'm not falling on the ground, and, and uh, mm-hmm. no one's beating on my chest. And so, it's always old, unhealthy people. Yeah. You were young and healthy. Yeah, well, yeah, I was, you know, whatever the hell it was, but uh, 44 years old or something like that. So, yeah. And uh, playing basketball. Playing basketball, yeah. But I had some telltale signs. I'll back up during the week. I was helping my younger boys clean their room and I'm picking up shit and I got winded and I looked pale and I was starting to sweat. And Candy goes, what's wrong with you? I go, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. But I said, fuck it. I keep working harder. And I, my blood started flowing faster. So it pushed past the blockage, which was comes out. That's what I had was a blockage on my 
um, left. Oh God, uh, damn it! Now I can't remember. That was my fancy name. I knew the the artery on the left side of my heart on the back that I last latus marginal. I don't know. Yeah, it's on the. That's... I have a card in my wallet when I go to go to the airports because I have a stint and two stints in my heart. But anyways, back to Ocean Beach Hospital, and so blah blah blah. They're saying he's got a having a heart attack. So they come in and give me this pill, the nitroglycerin pill, mm -hmm. which opens up everything. I felt like someone hit me with a baseball bat in the head because I had I was feeling fine, and then I had a headache like crazy, and I'm like, oh my god, because of pressure. Yeah, and. Candy show, it shows up like then. And so she is like, what the hell's going on? She's, you know, scared. And I was more looking at her face, nervous about that. And um, so they're like, okay, we're going to need to get him out of here because he's having a heart attack. They're talking about sending me in life flight. And um, I'm like, that's when I got kind of got nervous. And then they're like, okay, um, it's too windy for a life flight to show up here. And I'm like, what the hell's going on outside? Because I'm inside now. I'm like, how windy... I mean, I've watched Deadliest Catch. The Coast Guard shows up in their helicopter. Yeah. I mean, how windy is it outside? But thank God they, someone pulled the plug on that because they brought the ambulance there. And it was, you know, those old ambulances are skinny but tall. Yeah. So they put me, slide me into that. They're telling Candy which hospital I'm going to. She's like, I'm going to go home, get some clothes, and I'm going to go up to the hospital and meet you there. And so they put me in this bed and I'm facing backwards looking throughout the back window and they start the siren up and take off like a bat out of hell. It's like almost 10 o'clock at night by then. And and the guy goes, are you all right? And you know me, I've got to be joking around. And I go, well, I'd feel all right if if you were driving and not the woman driver. And I go, I'm, <laughs> I go, I'm just joking with you. And she goes, oh, yeah, funny, funny. But the old ass ambulance and it's going left yeah. and right. And I feel top heavy. And I go, this is kind of freaking me out. Like this is that was the only biggest time that I felt nervous at the beginning. And um, he gave me something. And next thing you know, I'm all chilled. And I'm like, like, hey, there's Westport Market. Oh, there's you know downtown Portland. And they're going down the freeway. You're a tourist suddenly. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, but everything's going backwards. And that's something that people don't ever do is drive back. You know, yeah. see things backwards. So we get to the hospital and and uh, dealing with this. Guy come to find out it was my I, candy said I had a man crush on him the nurse so it's for I guess my first my very first homosexual experience that I was the guy maybe, trying to save your life yeah yeah okay. that, yeah so but the doctor comes in and looked like he'd been wrung out like a wash rag he's all oh, I looked at your stuff and I think we can do your procedure in the morning. And I go, procedure? He goes, yeah, we're going to do, you know, stick it, you know, either we're going to go through your crotch or through your wrist and we're going to check out, see how your arteries are doing and blah, blah, blah. And it went over my head and I didn't understand. He was doctor lingo on me. So my man crush doctor or nurse drew a shitty ass heart on the thing. And he goes, well, we're going to do this and that. And he put it in layman's terms. And I'm like, oh, okay. But just think the ambulance was going bazillion miles an hour. Candy went home, which I live, you know, 15 minutes away from the hospital. She almost, she got there like four minutes after the ambulance got there. Well, she must have been flying. Yeah, that's what I was pissed then. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? But, you know, I love her passion. You know, I love that girl to death. And She probably had no control. No, and she was driving that Chevy Tahoe. I'm sure the tires were fucking smoking when she got there. And she comes in there. She's, you know, still not, because she's a, she likes to put herself together. I like, she makes herself look good. And she was 
tattered, you know, a little bit, you know, and I, I guess I would be the same way, but I don't have, I'm not a woman. So I, yeah, we got it pretty easy. Yeah. I put on my sweatpants and show up there. I'd look the same if I dressed up. And so, so next morning they wheeled me in. Yeah. You, uh, were able to, it was the, it's, it's kind of a funny story. I got to tell it. Cause do you remember the Muppet show? Oh like, yeah. The old grouchy old guys. So this whole area where they were going to, um, I'm skipping me. I think it's, is it called angio? It's whatever they, when they check your heart, they stick something in your heart. Yeah, I don't know. I can't remember. That's bad. I had a heart attack. I can't remember this. But so there's a whole shitload of people, but I can tell who's in charge. They gave me some kind of little sedative to calm me down. But there's a small little short German lady barking orders at everybody. And then um, there's these two dudes. And this one guy, go, old guy goes, hey, I'm, I'm going to have to do this, but I got to shave up your crotch. Because we might have to go, th if your vein in your wrist isn't good enough, we're going to go through your crotch. And the other guy gets down and whispers in my ear on the other side. He goes, don't let him fool you. He really loves his job. He <laughs> loves shaving crotches. And so I was having a good time laughing with these guys. And the next thing you know, the German lady is just like puts her hands over my, on my head and taps me and says, you're going to go to sleep now. So I go to sleep. Boom. It was like instant. Go to sleep. And all of a sudden... I hear opening the balloon and I go, I got my eyes closed. I'm closed. I'm closing my eyes. People right now envisioning this. And I go, I can feel you in my heart. I'm not, this is a true story. So they you went said in these words out loud. Yeah. Out loud. They went in through my right wrist in there. They put in two stints in my obtuse marginal on my left side of my heart. And I can feel them opening up the balloon and then they let the air out of the balloon that keeps the stint in your heart. And then they were pulling it out and I could feel that. And I said, I go, I can feel you in my heart. And the little German lady, she taps me on the head. He goes, go back to sleep again. And then I woke up with a zip tie around my wrist as tight as you can get it. And I'm getting wheeled. They could, can you get back in your bed? And I'm like, sure. And I jumped up and I go, why is this on my wrist? He goes, if we take it off, you'll bleed to death because it's on my artery. Oh, yeah. So every like hour they'd come in and unclick it one click until it was, you know, would not bleed anymore. And so, and that was my heart attack in a nutshell, right? There. Wait, so the, the zip tie was keeping the blood from blood, rushing back blood, to your heart? Yeah, no, rushing out of my, because they put in, they came in, you know, you might, Jeff can see my tattoos. They just found the biggest vein there and they went in there and they ran like a long cable in oh, there okay. all the way over to my heart went through my veins and then had that stents put in my heart. And, uh, um, and then, like I said, I could feel it, but like, as soon as they, it was, you know, it wasn't like knock me out seriously. It was just like a go to sleep. Uh -huh. And then they, they say, Hey, wake up. Can you get in your own bed? And I go, fuck yeah. I'm like hopped over my bed. I was wide awake and I got there and candy's all, you're back already? I mean, I don't, I don't know how, it was like a couple hours, I'm sure. Yeah, the time yeah, distortion is weird when you're under. But like the, the biggest thing after that was the goddamn zip tie. And I'm like, God, when are they going to let this son of a bitch off? And they, every click, and then I was hooked up to blood pressure machine. And then I gradually, a couple days there, was fine. They moved me up to a different room, up out of the ICU. And I went home like four days later and was home. And then had to take it easy. And then we started doing, I was able to walk on the boardwalk and I knew things definitely had slowed down. And I gradually, then I went to cardio rehab over at the hospital in Astoria. And I was the youngest guy there by at least 20, 30 years. And I'm walking on the treadmill on about a three 
And they're like, whoa, boy, you're really running today, son. And I would like sometimes catch guys as they're falling off treadmills and it was a teacher's pet. Yeah. And I, and I loved going to cardio rehab because I love old guys. They got fucking great stories. Uh-huh. And in a, in a small world, I ended up going to cardio rehab with a guy that used to work at where I work at now. His name, he's passed away now, but his nickname was Cookie. And great guy. He was telling me stories like he was, he'd go fishing and trade like a spring or salmon for a guy to go take him up an airplane for half the day. To, and he wasn't learning to be a pilot, but the guy fucking let him fly the plane. Oh, like, man. Fucking give me salmon. And they go, what can you do wrong? You're up in, it's like riding a boat, driving a boat in the middle of a lake. I'm like, as long as you don't get to shore, you're going to probably be fine. So he's flying this airplane thinking he's fucking um, Maverick. And he's having a good time. And they'd fly to Salem and fly back and fucking have a good time. But that's one of my bucket list things. I want to fly a plane. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I don't want to learn to have a pilot license, and and I, I mean, I don't want to be a Southwest Airlines pilot or anything no, like no. that. But, I'd like to have a little plane if I lived by an airport. Yeah, but I just would like to try it. I heard you say you want to jump out of airplane too, but yeah, I do want I, to do I that. I don't think that's that's silly. I like the the adrenaline rush. Yeah. I think that feels good. I bungee jumped once down in Vegas off of it's called AJ Hack at Bungee. They were an Australian based group, and it was a seventeen stories up in the air, and I jumped. And I, you know, I'm was real athletic when I was twenty one. I thought I fucking flew, jumped off like real cool, like chest out, arms out. I rewatched the videotape. My fucking knees buckled like I got punched in the gut and I just barely rolled off the damn thing and fell and I the bungee went all the way to the bottom and wasn't scared until I went all the way back up to the top and then I was motionless for yeah, like a split fall. free fall and, like, and I bounced around and then it was over with yeah but, yeah I did one at up at Mount Hood the at Ski Bowl they mm -hmm. have it's like not was it a high. crane no it's a it's a platform, platform. thing they built it's yeah. probably like 40 feet at the most on the way up to do the bungee jump, though, um, they had a piece of cord, and he was like, the guy was showing you, this is what the bungee cords look like, and it depends on your weight and everything like that. And he, and he says, it's basically the same rubber that's in your top of your underwear. And he's got one little strand of little thing of it, and this is part of his gig. And he bounce it, bounce it, bounce it, and it broke, and it hit the ground. He goes, sometimes these bungee cords break. And it was silent. And we're going up in 17-story uh, elevator and like, uh, maybe we're doing the wrong thing. Is there a follow-up to that or no, it, it, at the it, end of the speech? That's the end of his speech. He just, <laughs> and he just kind of goes. So it's a, a legal liability. Yeah, thing, I, I think, yeah, might, yeah, we signed our life away on that. And then the guy who got us to go there, he was a fucking nut. He's jumping off backward. He did it two times in a row. I'm like, fuck, you're nuts. But my other friend, Rob, he was a little heavier boy. And they, we had a good laugh. They took, they hooked two bungee cords up to him when he. I would have insisted they did that if I was bigger. <laughs> but yeah, back to the heart attack. That was the the shit there. And I went, you know, I was off work for a while. My company was great. I mean, I just had started there, and I can had people. Oh, that's stressful, huh? Yeah, and I was like, shit, am I gonna lose my job? You know, and and luckily I had, had you know short term disability and was off for a while and had bosses you know, higher up than my regular boss that came and fucking uh, visited me. And I'm like, okay, this is a solid place. And I know, and and uh, came back and, you know, I they, everybody, they take your time and, you know, do whatever. But I was ready to get back to work. And and then I think after I got the clear from uh, physical or cardiotherapy, I told Candy, I go, I'm going to go play basketball. 
Oh, wow. And she fucking lost her mind and she was pissed at me. I bet. But I'm like, I I can't let it beat me. I, I, I don't think it beat me. So I went back to it and fuck, I'm just, I play basketball like Sawyer. I dive on the floor. I mean, yet, if I went now, if I, I stopped playing basketball now because I don't want to get hurt. I mean, I'm 50 now. I know I can see you. In fact, I blow a knee out. And I'm yeah, I guess work it's not just stuff. heart attacks. Yeah, but I dive on the floor. I'll take a charge. I mean, you don't gain anything from that, but that's my mindset. I'll do all that shit. And uh, I'm just like, I'm done with that. But Candy's like, you fucking kidding me? She was so pissed at me. And then I came home and she was still pissed. I go, babe, I'm fine. And it took a long time before she just finally just said, you know, fuck it. I'm. Well, she could have stopped me from going, you know, it's like, they always got that one thing they could hold over her head that yeah. you're not going to get again. So, Well, yeah. she probably knows deep down, like, it's not the basketball that gave you the heart attack, even though that's what precipitated the event. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. But it the, was the, all the little mini decisions you made the 20 years preceding that. Yeah. I mean, and who knows? Maybe, maybe, you, I don't maybe know. Maybe you and your, yeah, you and your group yeah, was, you know, add a little bit to my yeah, heart attack. You a little know, that's I mean, joke around about that. But the other thing is like, that's one thing if we start talking about the heart health, I didn't know my father, my biological father. So maybe on his side, but when I did, my blood pressure wasn't high, my cholesterol wasn't high, but now I, st I take pills just to make sure it doesn't get high. And I could, the cardiologist says, you can stop taking these pills if you want. And I go, I would love to, but. Are they like statins? Is I have a statin and blood pressure pills and stuff like that. So they're just like, you know, you could stop taking them, but they're not hurting you to take them. So once you keep taking them, I'm like, well, they're not doing anything wrong to me. So. So I, I still take those. and Some of those heart health pills are uh, correlated with um, increased longevity. Like they, they they make your heart run at a more even keel. Yeah. So it just heart less wear and tear. Like metformin, I think, is one that's, that's people use for as a longevity drug. Yeah. Like people take it every day. So I, I've got two stints in my heart. And you know people in the community, but you know Dennis Oman and Phil Oman. Mm -hmm. Both of them reached out to me that when I had my heart attack. And I said, well, what would you have? And I said, well, blah, blah, blah. And I had two stents put in my heart in there. They, I could just envision Dennis, because I call him Uncle Dennis. He's like, oh, shoot. I had two, I'm, and he's, what, 80 something years? He's still going to open gym. Yeah, now, he's still, it? yeah. He was, you know, he's involved with basketball. And shit, he goes, I had those put in my heart, and his brother did too. And fuck, they're still kicking it and doing stuff. So hopefully it was just something crazy. I mean, I was going through some stress at the time, and they, stress is a big, a factor of that shit too. Oh yeah, in so many other ways, it's so really hard on your body. But yeah, that's that was it. And I and I was really religiously strict on my diet and everything for a while. And then I, I got complacent, and you know I'm back to eating shitty food. But I got that milestone birthday here in a few months, been in my back of my head, and the weather's getting nice, and it's not shitty out. And I've already got plans on what I'm gonna weigh out. At my birthday party, I'm gonna look good for my birthday party. How much time you got from now? Like July 27th. Oh, you got lots. I of got time. time, and that's the whole shitty thing is why women hate us. Let's say you and I, they were gonna have a weight loss challenge. We probably could lose 20 pounds in in, in a heartbeat, and then yeah, they hate it. They hate it. Yeah, and it's weird that it happens that way. Yeah, and, but it and, is. It's super. But easy. we we gain it back in a week too. So, yeah, but that's the thing. I can gain or lose weight. It just all it takes is choice. I, I, it's not a struggle. I just have to actually do it. I know exactly what to do. I just have to do it. Most of the time, 
I'm trying much harder to keep weight on because I'll just forget to eat, yeah. especially if I'm into. I'm bad at one meal a day. That's terrible for you. I know that's. Not... I don't know. It, I can't make up my mind if it is or not. I I, I think it is because I felt like if I eat a little bit in the morning and a little bit at lunch and then have a decent dinner, I felt better versus like eating one big dinner. And candy's the same way. Like we're so busy, like we eat a huge dinner and like we're like. Tacos, like oh, I should only eat one taco, but I'm so hungry, I fire down two tacos. I eat seven tacos. Are, oh, we're, I'm okay. Two tacos? No, the burrito style taco. Oh, you talking? Burrito, big, I guess, bigger. yeah, bigger okay, one, yeah. yeah. Not not street tacos. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. give me eight pack, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's it, like I'm glad we talked about the hard tack because I I think there's telltale signs that was leading up to it that if I maybe would have got checked out, that maybe somebody would have would have um could have read it and maybe I could have not have the stents put in, but then again, you know, maybe I still would have had to it, you know? Yeah. You never know. Cause that's what was happening was I, when I was getting that, when I was, like I said, I was cleaning my son's room and I, there was that blockage and I worked harder and then it just like pushed it open a little bit. Like just the door was, you know, had something behind it and you just kept opened it up a little bit. So if you do have a heart problems and and you think you might be having a heart attack, just work a little harder. Yeah, just work. Oh, yeah. Either that or you'll, you'll die. It's <laughs> everyone. One, one or the other. <laughs> so, but. I used to have a recurring um, paranoia or just something. I used to get real anxious about my heart just in my early to mid-20s because I was rowing and uh, I read an article that said that a lot of endurance athletes have enlarged hearts. And so I really, I should have thought nothing of that, but for some reason it got in my head. And then for the next four years, I was worried that I had an enlarged heart. Take a balloon and start filling up with water. And that's what you're putting, your blood's going through your heart. And it's going to stretch it out at least. It's I I just, I don't know what it is, but um, when you survived your heart attack and you're just fine, it it actually was like, I I don't need to worry about that anymore. I I seriously used your experience (laughs) to help get past something that I used to think about all the time. I'm glad that helped you. But it's, yeah, everybody's got the unique situations. But like, I heart attack, I tell people that and they don't believe me because of something about my age, but it could happen to anybody. I mean, like um, Jeff Harrell has had, had heart issues all his life and he just what a few years back went and had cut open they put a the right valve in his heart to make it work right so and then but he waited his whole life i mean he could have been dropped dead any minute from having a bad valve in his heart it's just one of those things like when do you when do you roll the dice and have him cut your goddamn sternum open and you know rip you open like a thanksgiving turkey yeah i don't really want to do that no that that was the best thing is you know they didn't have to do that on me because you really, I, you're fragile after that. I mean, I told Jeff went back to playing basketball and I mean, and I'm like, dude, you're one elbow away. From, I feel like I could break you like a fortune cookie. He goes, Oh, I'm, I'm strong. And then, and then I don't know, it was a year ago where he blew his knee out as bad. I think his basketball days are over. So your nervous system doesn't forget being cut open like that. Yeah. Like all your fascia that gets severed and those that's communication system. Yeah. And I, uh, back to Jeff, I almost, before he blew his knee out, we were playing. I almost blinded him for his rest of his life playing because he elbowed me in the nose. And then I went down the other end and fouled his ass hard. And then he had the ball and I tried to swipe it out of his hand. And my finger went like, I felt halfway into his eyeball. Yeah. And, uh, and just like, he, that was it. And he ran out of the gym because it hurt so bad. And you ever had a finger in your eye? 
partway. Yeah, uh, basketball players all. Yeah, have. it's fucking terrible. That's terrible. Yeah, but I got him really good, and he's like my bet one of my friends, but like like uh, a like a brother relationship like that, and and I love his, his mom and dad to death. So, and uh, and I'm like, oh shit. And then it's not the kind of person you yeah, want. Yeah, and I ran into Casey, and she's just. You know, his wife's like, when are you two dipshits going to learn to stop playing basketball? And, like, we're always getting hurt. And you had a heart attack. And I'm like, uh, just look at her like dumb kid. Like the like our kids now, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Never. When they shoot us and the gym is locked up and you have COVID and you can't play it. So yeah. That's pretty much what stopped my basketball career. Stopped a lot of basketball careers. Yeah. But thank God we're, we're going to be this— Gonna be mass free next week, yeah, or that's, after that's a, a week, deal. another week of it. Yeah. So, except for if you go to a doctor's office or anything, you still have to wear your mask and stuff. So, I yeah, I'm I'm actually kind of nervous about like just the whole not wearing a mask thing. Period. I'm so used to it now. I I find it comforting to throw that thing well, on. It, uh, um, kids, I don't know about your kids, but my kid will get off the school bus and walk down the driveway and still have it on. Mm-hmm. Our candy wears it all day at work and gets in the car and wears it and she's walking through the house with the mask still on i'm like babe what are you doing take the goddamn mask off and yeah i know i i believe a little bit in them but then i don't believe in them but i I, believe in them as a social like unifying symbol yeah they don't do shit as far as preventing covid from entering or exiting your mouth i mean they do a little bit but not enough for it to be a to justify all the, the the hubbub about it they um but i have no problem just doing something because it makes people feel better that's fine yeah, with me. That's the whole thing. Like, like if it says wear your mask go in the store, well, I d- don't think I need to. But you know that poor guy that's working behind the counter? He's wearing a mask all day. Yeah. I can put it on for fucking a minute while I'm in the store, and I don't need to be one of those guys, I'm wearing a mask. Although yeah. lately, I've been going to the stores and nobody's wearing a mask, so I've been catching myself I back into my habits of just get out of the truck and you're free. You're like, it feels oh, weird. I don't have my mask on, but no one's saying anything to me. So yeah, and then you're constantly waiting for like, who's gonna call me out? Yeah, but I don't. I always have one in my back pocket, though. Yeah. So it because of my job, I only really have to wear a mask when I'm going to interact with people. Yeah, which is or riding in a vehicle. Our, my I never job, do that. Yeah, my job is like if if you were around somebody for a long time, you had to wear it in a vehicle. Or and mm-hmm. the, the Coast Guard rules were if you're on a vessel, you had to wear it, and is. It was a big tangled up, and yeah. every week it would change. So yeah, exactly. to be honest, I would I would just probably pull out the I don't remember what what the last rule was, you know. Yeah, and also there's no enforcement of anything, so it you just do your best, and if if people have a problem with it, tough shit. But the, the beauty, but I coached basketball this year. We'd all test, and then if we were all negative. The kids didn't have to wear a mask. That was so cool. But I had to wear a mask. Not as cool. I I'm like. We just all tested negative, but why do I have to wear a mask at practice and they don't? And at the games, they don't. And like, whatever, the kids are free of the mask. And then and then we had that rough patch where every week I'd be like, I called uh, Michelle Kimmer, the the COVID police. So if I got a text message from her, that usually meant that was ne- everybody's negative. But if I picked up my phone and it said Michelle Kimmer, I'm like, fuck, someone's got COVID. And it was always like in two, it was like, Two of them got it. Two. I mean, I think when Sawyer got it, there was somebody else. Or Tyler. Uh, Tyler had it too. And I'm like, are you shitting Actually, me? I shouldn't say that. That's a HIPAA thing, but whatever. I'll, I'll delete it. No, I was the I was the coach. It was true. I, I They told me the moms are the ones that, moms called me instantly after they found out. Mm-hmm. So 
But yeah, it would block whatever you want to block. No, I don't even know if if the HIPAA thing yeah. matters anymore on the on the COVID tests because everybody, it's just such a community event. Well, they gave them away for free, which so. they should have been doing forever. Yeah, that's that made me feel so much more comfortable. I've got twenty COVID tests in, sitting in my house. If you're in a pinch, give me a yeah. call. Yeah, I think I have. We have, well, there's two in a pack, so we've got like twelve or something like that. I bought another pack from Costco even after I got the free ones, just because it's really stressful when a, you have kids you're trying to send a kid to a game or yeah, something it's a peace of mind test them and you can't long as they work but I, we've ran into two of them that i thought were bullshit they didn't because we tested again and um it was uh it was said negative but then we tested again like the next day and it was positive because like we this something wasn't right because the line was barely showing and stuff yeah. so they're not perfect no it's it, but it's i don't it's I, a lot of it's, I, I got different. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but it's money motivated. We've all been down yeah. there already. So there's a reason why some people are getting richer from this shit, but. Yeah. Not to be a, a conspiracy theorist, but I believe what you're saying is 100% right. Yeah. Even we don't even have to talk about it, but it's, it's all structured that way on should purpose. Have, you should have took all your Bitcoin and put it in the masks. I should have. <laughs> I should have. So. Uh, yeah. But. All right. Well, we've been out it for a while. We're rambling. We should probably wrap it up pretty soon. Get back to our families. Yes. This has been great. Yes. Thank you for having me on here. Thanks I for mean, coming on. I didn't really. I don't have. I don't have an agenda in my life except for be cool. <laughs> That's my, a good one. My new one is in people. It's I, my nickname. I'm a professional cornhole player. Oh. <laughs> I'm not professional. Are you good though? I'm decent. Melissa is very good. And uh, I play in a league over in Seaside. And since my name's Chris Hill, my nickname's Chill. So oh, that's, yeah, that's just, just my that's my motto. And it, I try to be chill and just go with the bunches. That actually fits you very well. So and I try I I try to be friends with everybody. I don't think I've got like maybe two people that I care less about, but I don't will. I bet you don't Hill. actively go after them. No, I and, and if they went after me, I'm now back old Chris would like I'll punch your face. But now I'm just like whatever. Got too much shit going on in my life yeah. to even deal with it. So fuck the haters. Yeah. But I will punch you in the face. He'll do it. <laughs> He'll do it. So but yeah, thanks for having me on here. This was fun. So yeah, it really was. It'll it's be interesting to I know people probably say I when I hear my voice, I know I'm gonna make like nails on a chalkboard. I thought that for the first few and then but once I got it dialed in, now I like my voice. I think my voice sounds good. And I always make the guests sound even better. So you oh, yeah. got nothing Can, to worry you about. You got a, what's that, the, when you sing and they uh, make your voice sound better? Even oh, the auto-tune? Auto-tune, yeah. I do have that. I actually was playing with that yesterday. So, it's really fun. I don't know, this is funny, I just it's coming through my head, but I was clicking on which maybe episode I wanted to listen to when I was going over there because I wanted to go back in time. But there was one. There's some rough ones did, in the did back you, half. There. there was something you tried to do, some singing or rapping or something. Like. Uh, I, there's been a few. Yeah, like been I, a few. I had a good chuckle on that one because I'm always wondering what you, what kind of crazy shit you're going to throw in for that like 15, 20 minutes before you start the episode. Like, what's yeah. you going to do now? But I've tr I tried. I set out to, for season two to try to make it the same every week, mm -hmm. and uh, it didn't work. I think it's to switch it up, but um, Melissa has a great voice she does this. huh yes and i don't I mean don't tell her i said that she sounds really good on a mic yeah she's, so she's, she, especially when she goes into her teacher voice yeah. kindergartner comforting voice well see good. that yeah just soothes our soul and talks down to us to us idiots sometimes can understand it but exactly you know, melissa and you know my relationship with her you know 
knowing her when she was younger a little bit and her sister and uh and um Carla and I used to be this is how old I am. We used to go and play volleyball at in Ocean Park at the Ocean Park school, old school. Yeah. We'd go up there and play. I don't even know who our sponsor, but we'd all go up there and I play, used to play volleyball with Carla up there in Ocean Park. I've heard about that. Yeah. So she she was a pretty good volleyball player and I don't know I, bet. I was I think she's pretty athletic. Just right out of high school and then she was, you know, I don't know how old she was, so I'm not gonna ask her. But yeah, I've always got along with her and then, you know, now in my relationship now is, you know, Candy and Melissa were friends all growing up and it's just like anything, you get older and you just do your own shit. So yeah. But they have all those memories together and shit like that. So this is a great place to grow up. It's a great yeah. place to raise kids and just be part of a community. I'm glad I moved back here because I was living in outside of Scapoose, mm-hmm. and I'm like, fuck that. Got to go 80 miles an hour to work every day just to yeah. get in the line of traffic and two hours to get home when it should only be 20 minutes. You know, so. it's not for me. Nope. Yeah. Good old. I still like it. I like living where we live versus maybe living up north where things close at seven o'clock and stuff yeah. like that. It's, so. it, it's right here in Chinook has been pretty perfect for me. Cause I mean, if you really have to, like I, I went Astoria. out and got snacks for the boys at eight o'clock at night the other day. Mm-hmm. And I was able to do that. Cause yeah. I have Astoria. Yeah. Astoria for you. Like I live in the middle of the peninsula. So it's like pioneer yeah, market, eight o'clock. Yeah. Pioneer markets, my go-to place. Are they still up until 11? They 11. Yeah. You can still get when the kids drink all the fucking milk kids. Tell your parents when you use the last bit of milk, please. Or any other food. Yeah. You eat the last Uncrustable, throw the box away. <laughs> Common courtesy. We living in the same house. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys do Uncrustables? Uncrustables, yeah. Um, I used to dig, I the was it the grape jelly ones are all right, but I when we find the strawberry jelly ones, those are the Those the are shit. the ones that I like too, but the kids prefer the grape ones. Yeah, well, the it, I don't, Costco used to have them. Really, I always it, just get them in the small boxes. Yeah, and then but Costco had the big boxes and stuff like that. And then I just stack them all up in there and try to. But when we found the rat strawberry, they're only in the small boxes. But just like anything else, like pop tarts. Just the other day, I'm like, you know what? I haven't had a pop tart in a long time. And there, there's my old go-to brown sugar cinnamon oh, buns, yeah. and I grab it, and I as soon as I pull it, I knew the box was empty, and I go, mother. Fucker. Especially when it's like an empty box within another empty box. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah. Oh, and I man. knew who who the culprit was because I do um, every other week with my three boys, and so Aiden was only there for that week, and he that was his, that's his like go to breakfast uh, in the morning. And I saw him, and I go, "You little shit, you ate the last pop tart and left the fucking box empty." And he's like, "What? Yeah, what? did I do that?" But yeah, it's, it's every family's the same. Yeah, it's the same problems everywhere. Yeah. Isn't and then and here we are jokingly bitching about it, but I'll take these problems every day versus a lot of problems that a lot of like you know, it's a people, really good set of problems. Yeah, yeah. that that I think about that all the time when I'm pissed off. I'm just like, ten years from now, is this story still going to make you mad? Most of the time, it's like, no, this story is going to bring me joy. I'm going to think back on this moment and be like, I fucking loved those yeah. years. Yeah, it's it. It, and I, I want to be that old guy telling, I mean, we're all going to embellish our little stories as we get older, but I, we're going to have the the base of the story is going to be the meat and potatoes of it. And people will weed through the bullshit and, you know, like, oh, yeah, old man Hill's telling us about, you know, kicking his kid's ass for the last Pop-Tart or some shit like that or, like, you know, just shit like that. So and life just rolls on. Rolls on, so... 
All right, let's pull this thing on. All right, one last thing. Thanks, babe, for letting me come here and ramble with Jeff and while you're holding the fort down. So love you, babe. Thank you. Yep. I appreciated you loaning them out to me for a bit. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys, thank you so much for listening and talk to you next week. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ramble by the River. If you did, it really helps us out if you leave us a rating or a review. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. And if you want to get more involved and support the show, you can subscribe to our Patreon page for exclusive content, bonus episodes, and a Ramble by the River t-shirt with every Royal Rambler subscription after three months. Instructions for how to join are at ramblebytheriver.com. Click the subscribe link. And it's easy peasy lemon squeezy. Thanks again for listening. Come back next week. Bye.